Hello, welcome to another Secrets and Sin podcast. This is Elliot Heineman, joined today by two very special guests, the Wiskowski twins, Seth and Sage. Go on ahead and introduce yourself. Special guests. Um, uh, I'm Seth. Uh, yeah. Uh, name Sage, local head I, I hear we're talking about and... some, yeah. <laughs> and fan of the occult. Yes, today we are going to, to be discussing, going to be discussing vampires and how they've aged throughout the years in popular fiction. Now, as well as I'm hoping day, gothic culture in general, because like, I, I'm hoping I can provide some discussion on this, because I I do love myself some gothic, uh, just the whole gothic genre, absolutely. so hopefully I can add whatever I can to this. Now, I suppose we should start with, uh, let's go with Sage. What was your first experience with learning about vampires? Was it with a book, with a video game, with a movie? You know, as a kid, I used to read, I used to read like, every sci-fi book I could get my hands on in middle school. So it was like, mm-hmm. it was like, my favorite were like reading, I think it was Goosebumps had a lot of them, where it was the choose your own adventures you could do. Oh yeah, Goosebumps was great. There was like a th- there was like every single sci-fi book I could get my hands on. I was reading in middle school. And what about you, Seth? What was your first experience with uh, vampires or just gothic uh, literature, popular culture in general? Honestly, I didn't get too like into the like like the actual literature of it until later, like pretty recently actually. But like. The first thing I can remember is maybe, like, those scholastic book fairs that, like, they used to have at, like, middle school. It, oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember those. So, I, I I always loved going to, like, the like the monster books. They used to have, like, these monster picture books that had a whole bunch of different monsters in it. And I loved reading those. And, I, I don't know. Th- those were always, my like, the my favorite things to read. And there were a lot of different monsters in there including vampires so i kind of got hooked into just like the whole uh like monster setting back, back i, I want to say back when i was in like fourth grade hmm. all right so since then have you guys seen uh well i suppose i should say what has been your favorite piece of work a piece of gothic work since uh Let's say since 2010. We've, there's been so many uh, vampires of the masquerade. I know I've heard a lot about. There's been that Castlevania show that's on Netflix, the anime and the show, uh, just all kinds of stuff. So, what would you say your guys' uh, favorite piece of pop culture is regarding the gothic? Oh God, uh, I don't like since what since 2010. Yeah, I, I'd say let's go yeah. with the last ten-year period. Um. Well, I didn't really get too into it until recently, so I guess. Um. I guess recently it would, it would probably have to be like the different adaptations of just like original Dracula, like whether that yeah. be the, like the Castlevania series or even like some of the. Uh, I probably wouldn't say the movies, because some of the movies are 
kind of yeah, yeah. a little iffy. A little but iffy. like, there there's a lot of like, oh god, that's I guess Buffy the Vampire Slayer is a little old, but um, there are a lot of movies like uh, I think Daybreak was one of them. Uh, uh-huh. I think that's one of like the relatively newer ones. Uh, All right. I just think that the the like the way the modern horror like the way it is now is it you take basically one thing and there's so many different like adaptations of it yeah and it, i think that's interesting because it gets into like a whole different like topics like like it started out with uh well i, I guess i'm kind of going off topic so i'll let sage answer like this question yeah, what about you, Sage? What is your uh, your go-to piece of gothic pop culture in the last decade? Now, I feel like the most important to pop culture really had to be, like, the TV shows. Because, like, if it wasn't for, like, True Blood or, um... God, what was the other one? It was True Being Human Blood. was one of them, too. I really love that show. Yeah, but it was uh, True Sci-fi. Blood and Vampire Diaries were just, like... Because, like, oh, before, yeah. before Buffy... Like, I feel like after Buffy, like goth wasn't really a thing for a while and then it became like after those two shows went out it was like everyone on sci-fi everyone on every tv show was trying to make like a well sage what is uh romance what are those one movies that we always used to love to watch with kate beckinsale or whatever they were all so they were so cheesy but we loved watching them was it sanctuary no 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 with kate uh beckinsale uh is it underworld Oh yeah, Underworld. Oh is yeah, one of yeah. yeah. Uh, the been Underworld for movies. A while. Yeah, well, yeah. They they're so like cringy, but uh, I always loved watching them. Same with the Van Helsing movie. I thought that was pretty good too. Oh yeah, the Van Helsing. I love that movie. Like a lot of it's outdated, and some of it's kind of just like uh, like I I don't want to the... say bad, but I really enjoy these really bad movies. Yeah. So uh, going along with the the gothic and the modern era what effect do you think uh the modern gothic uh pop culture stuff like buffy the vampire slayer and that what effect did that have on like goths the stereotypical black lipstick the thick eyeliner uh black fingernail polish coming to school every day dressed in all black talking about i hate my life what effect do you think pop culture had on that sort of lifestyle? Honestly, no, I, f- I don't. <laughs> Go ahead. I feel like now. I feel like goths after. I guess. I guess it would be Buffy, or is around the time it happened. But like, I feel like goths after a while, once Buffy made it more popular in pop culture, especially through TV, it got to the point uh-huh. where it was like, it was too um, campy for them as goths so they never wanted to like they didn't want to go back yeah they never they wanted want to, to be part of the mainstream because like they would never read like the books or anything like like for example like a lot of them would think they're witches and stuff but when it came to like harry potter it was too popular for them so goths were never a fan of it so i feel like that's yeah, what they're... that would be the time that like it became not popular with them was right after buffy and around that time yeah the theme of non-conformity is very very big and emo and goth culture and i can see how uh something as big as buffy the vampire slayer could draw them away from 
those habits. Now, let's say uh, let's let's go with video games. Something we're all well versed in. Uh, are there any video games that really stick out to you as bringing the vampires and gothic into the the limelight of the modern era? I mean, I think the the biggest one, like probably, would be Vampire the Masquerade, like the original one from yeah. 2000. Yeah, when did that come out? That came out back in 2000. I I honestly didn't it's play it until later, but I think like for the time that was like the like gothic horror vampire game, and then yeah. like that really is what brought I guess introduced. I'm sure there's older versions, but as far as I can recall, that was like the that in Castlevania. So those ones are a lot yeah. too. Uh, those kind of like really introduced like vampires into like the video games. Uh-huh. And then you kind of just get them like oh, scattered here and there, like in other video games. Yeah. But that kind of has to deal so, with the like the the whole. Like, other authors or other, like, creators, like, implementing it from, like, the original Dracula series, like, from Bram Stoker's. Like, I- I'm sure, like, because the popular, like, book, movie, game series, like, The Witcher has, like, a, a, like, if you think about it, like, a lot of popular culture has their own version of, like, vampires. Well, you know what I think is funny is... Over time, it used to be, like, back when, I guess, the first iterations of Dracula and vampires were a thing. It used to be, like, how people view Slenderman now, where it's like, oh, well, this person has exaggerated features, and he's dangerous, and he'll hurt you. But you never know how he does it. But now, and I feel like back then, that's what it was to all these people reading this book, because they they couldn't picture a person like that. But now that we've seen it so many times, it's been over you know, popularize, and it feels like people try to reinvent the wheel and make different versions of them, and yeah. it and it almost becomes like kind of beating a dead horse to most things. And I feel like the only way you really see them is in co- like romantic well, I think style Sa- movies. Yeah, like I think Twilight. Sage kind of brought up a good point about like how they've evolved. They before Bram Stoker, like vampires existed in folklore long before. Uh, Bram Stoker, like, uh, God, I don't even know how long ago, like, way, way long ago, uh, they, they're, each, like, civilization had their own, like, version of it, like, it, just vaguely resembling some sort of, like, monster that everyone should fear, uh, like, yeah. some deformed monster, it had to do a, a, with, a lot with undead, I think, in Eastern Europe, especially, they would always... Uh, kind of use that to like scare people into I think with Christianity as well they would always use like vampires to scare people into following the Lord's ways so that when they died they wouldn't come back as a vampire or stuff like that and I think Bram vampires, go ahead. vampires really started out as like inherently unholy beings they, so it makes sense they definitely started the out as yeah they definitely started out as like very monstrous, very like aggressive, and then once, I think, I think Bram Stoker took inspiration from uh, Vlad the Impaler. Uh, I think one of the I think one Vlad. of the funny yeah. things is, 
is how like what they're supposed to be has just kind of snowballed into like a pigeon-holded category because like it used to be oh it was all about fangs and drinking blood but now it's like oh well they also can turn into a bat they can also well, that, that like was always, die in the that was always a thing though i think but yeah. i feel like i feel like over the time i feel like over time like all this stuff started being added that it felt like every vampire had to do that otherwise it wasn't like a you know like a correct one yeah. Well, I think, I think the vampires like the like... were started out like where they like a lot of them could do that, but I think Sage you kind of brought up earlier that like they it, nowadays they're very they're a lot more seductive, and I think that's due yeah, to Bram I Stoker. feel like over time they've been really humanized. So I think like but... back in the day, as you were saying, they were just long face, just pale creatures that came and sucked your blood in the night. Whereas, like, now, especially, I like going back to that most recent Castlevania. Is it Castlevania or Dracula, the show on Netflix? What was the Both name of it? Both of them were on it. Yeah, Which... but the, the one with, uh, where it's three episodes and they're each, like, yeah, an hour yeah, and a yeah. half long. That's yeah, just another adaptation was... of Bram Stoker's novel. Yeah, it, and it's so humanizing, because you see vampires not just with a lust for blood but with emotion a lust for specific blood because of the people who hold it i think like part of it is like part of the evolution i think we really started getting the 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 humanization of like the monster after bram stoker i think tell me more about bram stoker was uh he a writer or uh yeah like obviously his uh like most famous book is Dracula. Mm-hmm. Uh but he I'm pretty sure he is basically considered the like one of the best gothic horror uh novelists. Mm-hmm. So 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 his writing are you saying his writing sort of brought uh, the idea of humanization into vampires i like I, i'm not too sure but i i definitely think that that was a key point in it it started off in eastern europe with how he portrayed it like because before uh bram stoker's dracula it was like there, i think there were other stories about uh like a humanized vampire but i think stoker's was the like big changing book and it, it basically started out from like the folklore where it's just these disgusting monsters, and then Stoker kind of took inspiration from Vlad the Impaler, as well as some of the other I forget the name of the other author that did it before Stoker, but like he really took the monster and then really like gave him charm to kind of a- appeal to yeah, some of the readers. Yeah, given that seductivity that you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, and then a- basically everything after that really kind of it basically turns them from the this monster from folklore into this seductive creature and i I think that's a part of it is just gothic horror i think at the time appealed to a lot of like women who Mm -hmm. liked reading about like these these very charming men that turned out being dangerous i'm trying to think of some other literature that is similar to that but I think that was an well, appeal. I mean, it, it's been historically repetitive in romance novels. Yeah, exactly. Like, in know, romance novels and gothic, where they really like to, yeah. But oh yeah, there's definitely some collision there. Like, uh, 
Jackal and Hyde, I think. That's another good example. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, you can really see it afterwards how, like, a pop culture at least has adapted. Like, there's so many different adaptations of Bram Stoker's Dracula, and there's, like, so many offshoots. Like, nowadays you've got, like, what? You've got True Blood, like Sage said earlier. You've got the Vampire Diary. Like, basically vampires have evolved into, like, these seductive people that I'm not really sure how to... (laughs) Would you treat these let's call them new vampires, these seductive vampires, are they like a new breed compared to the old sort of Nosferatu Megamind vampires? Or do you think it's just like the natural evolution of them? Or is it two distinct things? I th- I think they're very similar in a way. But like, uh-huh. I think at this point, they're just, they're all their own thing. But they can all be, tie, like traced back to. Well, nowadays, well nowadays, I feel like in pop culture, especially TV shows, that you have to. It, they're just pitch. like hip. Yeah. TV shows, you have to pitch for so many seasons. You're you're not gonna I'm go sure. for the style of Nosferatu where you're gonna make them look, you know, the way they normally would. So now you see so many like of this seductive style because you can just hire these amazingly model level actresses and actors and it and that's also adds as like a drawing point to the show so i feel like it's kind of tv is pigeonholed to have that style of vampire because they can't i don't think they could get away with doing an old school nosferatu style vampire in a tv show at least now do you think that pop culture has done a justice to vampires by making them sexier or is, are vampires as an idea not supposed to be? Are they supposed to be, of course, inherently dangerous, but inherently disgusting? I think, I mean, like, I think pop culture, like, it, it's a very broad term. I think there's a lot of pop culture that does it really, really well, and, like, it kind of evolves on the original. And then I think there's a lot of shows that I personally think are kind of just, like, not the same light that I personally enjoy. Like, I guess mm-hmm. when you, you get to a point where you take a monster and you humanize it to a point where it's it's not necessarily a monster. I Like, yeah. I'm trying to think of an example. Like, I guess, what is it? The Vampire Diaries? Like, I think... I haven't really watched it, but I've seen uh, like some episodes of like the newer shows. I, I mean, I just, even in Twilight... Yeah, even yeah, like even in Twilight. Like... I haven't I don't think I've like read or seen much of Twilight, but I it really does kind of appeal to you how you have basically what was once this like horrible monster that got like I think humanizing it was a good like it started off really well because when you humanize something it it allows you to like kind of add intrigue to it and that intrigue could like yeah it makes it relatable yeah so like it, there's one thing is is like adding that intrigue and that human factor to draw like readers in which i think bram Stoker uh-huh. did so you basically have these this like mysterious man that like once you, the more you kind of learn about him and the more you like 
you read about it, like it, it slowly gets darker and darker, and I think that's kind of what adds to the mystery of it. And I think that's that's part of what I really like about like the gothic literature is it, it's everything's basically really bad, right? But you it start they have like this illusion that everything's good, and then like the more you kind of read and dig into it, the more you realize how oh this is this person's just a monster, right? But yeah, and I think that's part of like the fun, like what's fun about like gothic literature is just kind of like digging at the the like subtext and really kind of like falling into like or figuring out by yourself how that stuff is how like bad they are yeah but i think a lot of like modern pop culture vampires like vampire diaries and whatnot it's basically just a whole bunch of like pretty people that are vampires and that's it's it's basically just another like drama show right but like oh they're vampires well, plus I feel like those shows take away a lot of the horror or, like, the... Because, like, a lot of times you want to humanize... I mean, there is no monster to them. It's like, just, it like... Not, yeah. It's not like the... Like the... It can't be pulled off. Like, I was saying earlier how, like, I used to watch Being Human on sci-fi a lot, remember, Sage? I think... Yeah. I think that was a good way to, like, kind of, like, humanize it. Like, they're just people that, like... Like, uh, they need blood to survive, right? So how do you live in, like, a modern world where, like, you have to do that? And I think they did, like, a really cool job of kind of, like, like implementing that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it feels like the, like, some of the shows are just so, like, out of reality. Yeah. So I wanted to bring up this question. Why do you think this this modern idea of vampire sells so well? Why, why does this beautiful... Uh, like going back to twilight this robert pattinson like quiet yet beautiful guy sort of vampire why does this sell so well well i think it's just obviously that like sex sells right like so Uh i think it's just a just a tool that like we know about like we know that like sex sells and i think it's just another thing that they're like oh we know that sex sells like what if we implemented like x or y and they like this is just kind of an offshoot of that like, if you think about the stories, they're, like, they're basically just a whole bunch of, like, hot people, and then their vampire yeah. is second, right? Like, I'm not saying that it can't be done, I'm just saying that, like, usually when that happens, it turns into kind of just... The vampire part gets back. It's very back contrived, back yeah. Because well, a lot I of the shows like, are the same. I feel like a lot of it is that, since they, since a lot of times they are going for this new seductive vampire, they, most most iterations of it want to focus the show since they have these attractive people around romance and that's where a lot of like uh, especially a lot of a lot of people cling on to the romance section because like if you go on amazon there's about a million and one books on like Uh vampire romance and it's just like it's a ridiculous amount because it's almost like in a it's almost as if nowadays you kind of have to make vampires in as a romantic style of movie or like book whatever you're making that brings up a really good question as to how did people become infatuated with vampires how did they start as a monster and then over time have become what we see today is almost something sexy like 
Do, are what? Where did this attraction to vampires come from? Was it well, here I feel before like it was, we made them sexy? I feel like or... it was inevitable because, like, the whole point of a vampire is they're trying to bite your neck, which in itself they always was portrayed uh-huh. as a little bit like provocative. So it kind of invited the idea from the start. But I feel but like at the same time, but I feel like biting cold... your neck to suck out your blood. But then again, like. A lot of times, the woman portrayed in it is usually very attractive. Any kind of pop culture that is representative yeah. is kind of moved towards that. That's fair. So, I think the next question in this line of reasoning of romance and vampires would be a little more personal. Would you guys ever, given the opportunity, be in a fighting relationship with a vampire could you ever be persuaded into such hell yeah to (laughs) why is that like would would you do it for the powers i mean if we're assuming that like this is like real then like who wouldn't you know i don't are we assuming that it guarantees you become a vampire or there's like a 50-50 chance that you become a vampire or you just become a blood bag. I mean, that sounds like a win-win, you know? I mean, here's the thing. If I'm going to be a blood bag... <laughs> I'm already a blood bag now. I can, like, go, what's the... <laughs> I can go donate plasma and get some money off it, so they better be paying me. That's true, that's true. A vampire better have some cash. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, that could be a lucrative market. Well, that that's part of like kind of what you were talking about before, like why people like like vampires, right? I think... Part of it is people want, like, what they can't have. Like, I think, like, it's kind of like fear of death, right? And, like, a lot of what vampires are, like, vampires are immortal, right? So a lot of people, like, like that concept of of being, I don't know, like, not aging. That's, uh, like, people fear death when they think about it. And I guess that's just one way to get around it, which is another reason why I think uh-huh. people really like it. It, it's going back to that Dracula show that came out recently on Netflix, how uh, Dracula ends up in a sort of relationship with someone. And the reason ended up being because of their lack of fear of death and just the, the confusion that this brought into Dracula. So would you say that vampires as immortal beings wish to die and how would that be reflected in like the the general culture of vampires like how they act i mean it depends because there's like a hundred iterations of yeah there's some there's some that are always decaying and there's some that are just like because some versions of it nowadays they don't even have anything wrong with being in the sunlight all they need is blood so it's just you're immortal and never age. Yeah. I think a so lot it of it is just version. like, yeah. Um, can you repeat that? What, were you, what was the question again? Well, yeah. It, it is just so dependent on, like, what version of vampire you're talking about. Yeah. Just like, because not all of them are immortal, right? In Twilight, were the vampires treated as immortal? Because they aged, didn't they? I'm not gonna. I don't. I'm not gonna be 
able to answer that because I I haven't watched any well, of that. What about stuff. Vampire Diaries? You guys seem pretty versed in that. I haven't. I've only watched like a, f a few episodes of that. I couldn't really tell you that either. Well, I, I assume... well, one of the one of the funny things is, is like is like if you look at like the types of vampires, like even um I believe I believe it's in the uh, Vampires Masquerade has them as well, but also in uh -huh. the uh, Vampire the Masquerade board game, there's different classes of vampire. And each one of them is a different representation. So, like, I feel like there's so many different forms. Like, even in, I think, the board game, there's about, like, like 15 choices. Wow, so there's just a whole, different kinds of vampires? There's, there's, like, a whole slew of them. So it, if, I feel like there's just so many out there because the idea itself is so simple of just having a creature uh -huh. that sucks blood. But then when you have to you know re almost reinvent the wheel to think of a new version of it so many people make yeah. up so many rule you know rules or different things that they have or like abilities because i feel like some of them are adding like that they have super speed you know what i mean like there's so many different versions yeah. they've added because i mean it's been said that vampires have super strength super speed they can turn into a bat they're afraid of sunlight uh, but it seems like the only common factors are the fact that they always sleep in coffins they always drink blood. They're usually afraid of the sun. And what they turn into a bat. But well, also, in a everyone... lot of iterations, they don't even turn into bats. And also, there's supposed to be one that they can't be, in... they have to be invited into a home, but some just forget oh, yeah, that, that altogether. Well. Also, aren't they, they can't, they can't, they die to like running water or like a running stream. I think that has to do with like it, I think that goes back to like the origin of like some of the folklore. I think like a lot of like the Eastern European stuff was uh like Christianity. I think some of the first vampires were basically corpses like I was saying earlier that like if yeah. they sinned then like they would be possessed and then they would rise and I think that's where like the whole like a stake going through the heart is what could kill them. I think that's what they believed back in the day. Like, if a corpse was possessed by an evil spirit, or, like, the corpse would be considered a vampire, and the only way to kill it was with a wooden stake, or... I'm not sure quite exactly where that came from, though. I'd have to look it up. But I do know that... I and believe was, that's what... There was also the thing from. with garlic. How garlic can, uh, cripple a vampire. But then in uh, the Dracula show that was on Netflix, going back to that again, when Van Helsing, Agatha Van Helsing, was talking to Dracula, she was asking about, like, hey, does is the garlic thing real? And he goes, no, 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 the garlic thing is, is, is fake. And then he goes and, and turns into a bat. So I feel like a lot of these things, it's just when when someone makes a piece of art, whether it be a movie, whether it be a game or a piece of literature, they kind of just take whatever they like about vampires and, and they make their own. It's almost like a, a build a vamp workshop. I think, yeah, like it's really easy to get lost into just because of how like different like each interpretation. Well, and I feel is. like I feel like they just build with whenever they're trying to make a new one. It's just taking the parts that you want that would fit your script the best and just plugging them in. Because if you're trying to make a a drama style show, you're not gonna make them 
be out you know they can be able to be in the sun because it it would work so much better for filming so like there's so many different things they have to do to kind of fit it to the type that would make recording and running the the actual show the most efficient so just some closing thoughts i have a question for uh for both of you if you were to make a piece of art involving vampires how would you portray the vampire would would you give it this this sexy look as they've been doing as of recently or would you make them a monster let's start with seth i mean i i think kind of what i what i was talking about earlier about how they they're supposed to look civilized right or at least that's how like they've come to like evolve mm-hmm. so like if it i just count dracula yeah if i if i were to do something like that i would probably you know I, i'd kind of make it like the literature right you like when you look at it first glance you're gonna see like a, a very attractive or like very like clean-cut civilized person but then i would also mm-hmm. add some like things that the harder you look at it the more like you, you kind of notice some things. Like maybe, maybe there's like blood under the fingernails, or maybe there's like something in the background that that just isn't. I think that's part of like what what I enjoy from this the sort of subtlety of it. Yeah, like you, the more you look at it, the more you uncover it, and it's kind of like a puzzle piece that you put together. You're like, oh, this person, they look civilized, but the more I kind of see, I'm like, oh, th- there's more to yeah. this, and it kind of. I think that's very intriguing uh, that's part of why i like sort of this okay yeah and what about you sage i feel like my favorite portrayal of a vampire has to be from the original rpg games of vampire the masquerade because uh-huh. the way they described it was basically <gasps> very religious that you were cursed by uh you're a descendant of cain for killing uh-huh. abel he gets cursed and that's how you get it. So the way they explain it is basically whatever ability or type of vampire you are, whether you be a Nosferatu-style vampire or a charming one, is all determined uh-huh. by the person who cursed you as to be okay. a vampire. And the way they do it is you say you're a charming vampire, you would look normal, and you, you would act... You would No one tell the difference, but the more hungry you get and the more you use your abilities as a certain type of vampire the more you start to look more and more disheveled, the more hungry you get yeah. physically as well as your body's craving it. I I always love that depiction as they're civilized by day, but if they don't get what they need, they'll slowly kind of look the part to kind of force them to do it. So, so a sort of versatility to the vampire, depending on their actions, if they give in to the bloodlust, because it, it kind of gives a drive that eats away at them and kind of adds that humanization because they can act normal throughout their days. But as they deny who they really are, like, day after day, it'll they kind of get to a point where they have to decide, like, do I have to do this, otherwise I won't fit in. So it's more of a curse than just exactly. you are a vampire. Okay. Well, that has been the sins and secrets podcast thank you so much for seth and sage wiskowski for joining me tonight thank you and you all have a wonderful day